0: Hi there. Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we are blessed to have Jeff Carter, a financial expert who wrote a fascinating blog post recently about what conservatives should do to fight back against liberal big tech censorship. Jeff is a former trader on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and a longtime angel investor who recently joined the droves of others who fled Illinois for states out west or south, in his case, Nevada. We are thrilled to have him today. So uh, you have a really interesting career path. It's heavy on the finance and the entrepreneur stuff <laughs> and uh, and a healthy dose of politics too. So it's kind of unique. But uh, so give the audience you know, a quick brief
1: summary of your background, all that fun stuff. Sure, I, I grew up in the western suburbs of Chicago. Um, I um, went to Willowbrook High School. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. I wound up at the Air Force Academy on a basketball scholarship, dropped out finished at Illinois. And um, my high school football coach said, you'd be a great trader. So I wound up on the floor of the mercantile exchange for a little over 30 years. I was on their board of directors. And I was part of a group there that revolutionized finance. What we did was um, in the early 90s, we saw this internet thing happening. And we thought it might be a thing. (laughs) Good call.
0: Good call. Yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) some
1: people didn't think it was going to be a thing. (laughs) And so um, what we did was we took the exchange, which was a mutually held organization owned by the members run for the members benefit and uh, turned it into a public corporation and listed on the, the New York Stock Exchange, I believe at the time, uh, I think it's NASDAQ traded now, but um, it was the most successful IPO um, in the early 2000s. Other than Google, Google beat us. Nice. Uh, uh, if you bought CME, seats you made a lot of money if you um if you bought the stock on the open it was 35 it went to 714 before it crashed um like everybody else in 2008 sure and nine um then i um got my mba at chicago and i was sitting in class and this guy came up to me named vishal verma and vishal was from california and he said hey uh you want to start an angel group and i said i'd love to start an angel group but i don't know what one is and He said well we should do one here in Chicago and at the time in Chicago there was no seed stage financing really organized for people there were brokers that would charge entrepreneurs an arm and a leg to get financing and so we started it and I recruited a bunch of the early members and got it off the ground and now it's probably one of the more successful angel groups in the United States I, I was just looking the other day I think out of our first six or seven investments all of them but one have paid off but the one that hasn't paid off, uico.com, is still a going concern, so it hasn't failed yet. So that's a pretty good track record when you're investing, you know, in just an idea.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: <clears throat> and then um, I was always interested in politics. Um, I had some great teachers: um, Gordon Teichman in, in my junior high, uh, Ralph Reiner and and Joe hoffenshire in high school, and and a guy named D. Hunt in college. David Hunt and um, And when I was at the Merck, I was part of the Political Action Committee, and that was eye-opening because you got to go and meet the people in Congress and talk to them about the issues that confronted us. And it was amazing the the lack of knowledge about financial markets that they had, Um, and it was amazing how the same issues seemed to come up every year. Like, for instance, a transaction tax, you know, that's not a new thing we've been fighting it since um the the 80s in, in 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 um the commodity um exchanges so that was interesting um and then you know I'm a, I'm a conservative um which is weird for a venture capitalist most of the venture capital community is is liberal um but i'm a conservative and um i'm an out of the closet conservative which can be very hard <clears throat> and um when dodd frank passed as a kind of a panacea and cure for what happened in 08. I knew it was the wrong thing to do, and so I started blogging at pointsandfigures.com because people really don't understand sort of finance and the plumbing, and, and I, I, as I've done that, I've you know, spread my breath a little bit and, and got to meet a lot of cool people. For instance, Craig Perong is a professor of economics at University of Houston. He's an expert on oil markets and blogs about financial plumbing all the time at Streetwise Professor. Met some guys who I agree with sometimes and don't agree with sometimes. Joe Saluzzi and and um, guys out on the East Coast that want to change market structure in the SEC and you know got in with stock twits and a lot of those people um, in this last week. You know, seeing what happened with Wall Street bets was incredibly interesting. Oh yeah, we're going to talk and about it that. It shows for sure. Yeah, shows how uninformed people are about yeah. how financial systems work and what's really going on. Yeah, it's funny you said
0: that about uh, when you were working at the, you were helping with the pack, and then also with your uh, blog. The common theme there is the people in Congress didn't understand, which is shocking. There was something they didn't understand. So you know, it's very true. Uh, I'm, I, Well, I'm glad you're doing it because you're absolutely right. It's complicated stuff, no doubt about it. But it is pretty much uh, super important to everybody. So you got to get that figured out. But so good for you. So I do want to jump in back to the blog mm-hmm. post thing. You know. Sure. You've been writing about conservatives ditching, you know, the liberal <laughs> social media platforms sure. and finding new conservative ones. You know, we got the parlor stuff and everything. So yep. what's your opinion? Given most of the large platforms are liberal, how's this all going to work in your opinion going forward?
1: I think I think most of the large platforms didn't start out liberal. They started out to get an audience. Once they got a captive audience with network effects and stuff, um, they're political proclivities took over um and it's a function of the time as well so you know when you go to california and you run around in silicon valley um it's not any different than being a gay person uh let's say in the tens twenties thirties forties fifties sixties seventies where you stayed in the closet you know you yeah. were quiet about it if you're a conservative because yeah. they will discriminate against you they will yeah. cut you out of deals um, and so it's sort of a function of that too, I think. Um, I think for sure, if you look at you know the head of Google, head of Apple, you know the big tech companies, they are for sure left wing liberals, mm-hmm. um, and and not like moderates, not yeah, like moderates. Right, right. Um, and part of that is uh, sort of the liberal canon is a belief in centralized planning and not a belief in free markets. They don't like free markets because free markets are messy. You can't control them. You don't know what the outcome is. You can't control the outcome. They're engineers and they want to they want an answer to that equation. So you plug something in, something comes out that we can verify that's statistically within, you know, 67% of the mean or whatever. And um, so they started if you look um, they didn't like Bush, right, and all that stuff. Um, But as they were unable to control um, sort of blogs, media, talk radio, all these things that were out there that were never there before, once Trump was elected, the heavy hand came down. And uh, what's really funny is Gordon Teichman was my seventh grade junior high uh, teacher. And he said, you know, when you point your finger, there's three fingers pointing back at you. And um, that's the first time I'd ever heard that. But it's like, you're a fascist, Trump. You Republicans are. Fa- Wait a minute. Yeah, and when, when it came time to be a fascist, um, yeah. guess who the fascists sure, were? Well, sure. It was Twitter. It was YouTube. It was Google. It was Apple. It was mm-hmm. uh, Amazon. It was the Washington Post. It was the New York Times. And so um, I think that conservatives, what they have to do is build an entire tech stack that is part and parcel separate that they control. Mm-hmm. Gab has started to do this. Um, and if you look at, let's say, Jim Crow, um, the, the black community did that. Yeah. And if you look at t- what Thomas Sowell said, um, you know, in 1925, uh, with Jim Crow, blacks had two parent families, you know, they had their own ecosystem where they could get stuff. Sometimes they had to go out and get stuff, right? but, but they had their own ecosystem that they contr- controlled. And Gary Becker actually from the University of Chicago in 1962 did a, a great paper on discrimination that showed how expensive it was for the white businesses to discriminate against the black businesses. Mm. It actually, it, there was an opportunity cost to be paid. And sure. I think you have to force Twitter, Facebook, and those people to pay that cost. And the way you do it is just quit. Right. And and go on another platform. And yeah. it, it can be painful, but you gotta do it.
0: Yeah, and I really liked what you wrote in that blog post. It, it I hadn't thought about that way with the, with the new Jim Crow.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, <clears throat> I had felt that for, I mean, a while because sure. I've, been, I've been an out there conservative, and so you start right. thinking these things through. But I feel like I'm a little bit ahead of everybody else because now everybody's freaking out. We got we got to find we got to find our <laughs> new ways, you know. I'm like, yes. yeah, I've already I've already been thinking about most of it. So, uh, yeah, but yeah. you know, but but how long do you think it's going to take though? So so I totally agree. You know, we got to ditch them, go to different places and stuff like that. But they're you know these are these are big platforms that are up and running right now, and to do this fully conservative kind of alternate platform. Just in your, you know, in your expertise, what does that look like time frame wise, just to give everybody a sense of proportion on that?
1: Well, it's going to take some time, right? There's hardware and there's software and you got to code the hard uh, software and you got to build the hardware. Um, so like, for instance, let's say you wanted to go away from an Apple computer, right? Um, what's the alternative? I don't know. You could go to like a Dell or something, that operating system, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, kind of a Microsoft system. They're, they're crazy li- liberals too. Um, there's Linux, which is more open source, but you got to master that. It's getting better, but it's not there yet. Are there Linux phones? No. Um, you need a Linux. You need a, a, a cloud that we control. That that is takes time. You know, yeah. it took Amazon and Microsoft years to build their cloud. Um, maybe you can use Oracle's cloud. Maybe you can use IBM's cloud. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but in the short term, what you can do is you can get off of Gmail. Get off of Mac Mail um go to like proton mail is what i'm starting to transition to um and you can go to platforms like gab um and gab is you know gab has crazies on there QAnons on there there's white Mm -hmm. supremacists on there there's jew haters on there but you don't have to follow them you're an adult that's right and you can you can block them that's right um and and you know there's there's people that love there are hardcore Christians on there, mm-hmm. and if you want to run with them, that's great too. I'm sure yeah. that's very offensive to the people on Twitter, but um, competition right. and creative destruct- destruction is something that is in part of the United States, and um, too for too long, big corporate and not just tech, you know, oil companies, insurance companies, banks have utilized the government to stop competition through regulation, and so they put up regulatory modes, which makes it a lot harder to compete. And so what we have to do is, through our free will and choice, make them compete.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because that's that opportunity cost piece that I thought for a long time was going to kick in. But, boy, they are so rabid liberal that they didn't care. And I guess they were just going to their board like, yeah, well, whatever. We lost some conservatives, but we don't care. We're just going to keep moving. And they were making so much money, and they had so much money that it didn't really, you know, it was... Inconsequential, Twitter.
1: you know? Not
0: Twitter. Yeah, Twitter that's is true.
1: That's true. Twitter's a scalp you can get. It's a 3% net operating margin. They don't make a lot of money. The only reason they made money in the last few years is Trump. If Trump wasn't on Twitter, they wouldn't be making money. And all that has to happen is every conservative that's on there, every conservative elected official, no matter where you are, if you're a national, state, local, mm-hmm. every conservative publication, just leave. And, and announce it and say, we're going to, and they were starting to do that with Parler, which is why they shut Parler down. Yeah. They can't shut Gab down. Yeah, They can't. Gab owns its own yeah. infrastructure. Right. So you can go there, and sure, maybe it's a echo chamber for a while, but guess what? When all those crazy wackos on the other side don't have anything to yell about, they're going to come over, too, and then Twitter's yeah. going to be out of business, and they'll get acquired by somebody. It's, it's like CNN ratings, you know? Right. it all Absolutely. Drop, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you have uh, power. Archive.
0: Yeah, that's right so uh in your opinion why didn't conservatives see all this tech tyranny coming you know everybody's caught flat-footed a little bit here i don't you weren't but you know you talk about our elected representatives and you some you would think are obviously they're more conservative than others at different places yeah. but why 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 is everybody so surprised now
1: I, on, the, on the conservative i don't side? think i don't think so on the elected official side they've got so many things that they're thinking about they probably weren't thinking about this um on the other side you know it's easy to be on Facebook your friends are on Facebook you know it's hard like I'm not killing my Facebook account right now I'm, I'm figuring out a way to transition over um and I think um nobody really thought that the tech companies would uh, violate the First Amendment which mm-hmm. they did and um Nobody really thought that they would do that. That's not American, yeah. you know, that's, that's East German. That's, that's, you know, Stasi crap. But when you saw the COVID thing happen and you saw sort of people saying, you know, uh, tell on your neighbor if they have more than six people over or something, and then you saw Deborah Burks, let's say, have her whole family for Thanksgiving, yeah. right? Um you know, uh, it can happen, yeah. and we said never again, right? And it couldn't happen here, but God dang it, it happened, yeah. and uh, it continues to happen. And people are human, yeah. and I think that's the thing that that um, they missed yeah. is you know the Ger- like the Germans or the or the communists behind the Iron Curtain. Those were in- inhuman people, mm. right? They were in, but it turns out people are people. That's right. That's right.
0: And it creeps in yeah. and. Uh, I remember reading that Bonhoeffer uh, bio about yeah. and it just gives you a sense of like what it's like day in and day out as this thing yeah. start changing and you just have that sense that, yeah, you know, things are changing, but you never know for sure when you're living through it. And then, you know, a lot of us are talking the talk and then all oh, you have conspiracy sure. it's, you're crazy, and then here we are, you know, and they're total First Amendment attack and we're definitely now getting to a place where I think that as a conservative you're going to have to decide if you truly are a conservative and if you're going to stand up uh, and do something about it or not, because, you know, otherwise you just kind of drift away and
1: pick, try to pick the
0: winning side and hope for the best,
1: you know, you'll wind up in a gulag anyway. But I mean, and that's what Robert Reich wants to do to us. I I mean, when you look at uh, sort of the progression and then I had the good fortune of being on the board of the national world war II museum, I've always been interested in world war II my whole life, but I got to meet a lot of cool people and I was, on their website, listening to a uh, German historian talking about sort of the rise of Nazism. And um, one of the things that I think Americans or just people in general, because we want to believe people are good, um, always say is, well, not all the Germans were Nazis, mm. you know. Um, but this historian said, you know, my mother grew up in that era and they had slaves. The Germans, every German family that was German knew exactly what was going on and did nothing mm-hmm. to stop it. Right. And they had mm-hmm. slaves. They had a really good lifestyle for a long time mm-hmm. um, because of all the stuff that went on. And so they, they were culpable mm-hmm. and um, to a person. And you know, you look at the French, and they talk about the French resistance, but there were tons of collaborators. And um, so and that's the way it is in the United States right now. And I think we are, you know, it seems trite to say we're fighting for the republic, but I think we are. And um it's good to have that fight. I don't think the founders would say that this is not a good fight to have. I think it is a good fight because then if you win it you're gonna appreciate it a lot more. That's
0: right. And it's worth fighting for. And it's a it reminder too that you know, you see those little stickers out there with the Roman numeral three in it. Yeah. And that's the three percent, you know, in the in the American Revolution that actually fought. And I think there were right. about forty, forty five percent that just went off to be You know supporters of the king and hope for the best and so you know we all kind of have this romanticized vision oh everybody was against the british like no no no. Uh, it was a whole separate uh, thing (laughs) yeah i know so so speaking of like you know uh you know oppressors taking over do you think that big tech stole the election for joe biden
1: what do you think about i think they put the thumb on the scale for sure i mean there's just zero doubt about that yeah um i i listened to a scott adams um Rumble, which is a place you can go other than YouTube. Um, and he said, Name an election that doesn't have fraud in it. Name one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, being from Chicago, I couldn't. Um, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> um, right. I mean, and I was an election judge and saw how they kind of codified mm-hmm. in the election rules fraud, right? Because um, we said, Hey, how, what if the signature doesn't match? How do you know that guy didn't have a stroke the day before? Mm-hmm. You know? And my wife was a judge, too, and in her precinct, there were gang members with lists, and they were running people in and out of there, and everybody voted. It was like 100% participation. So I I think there was fraud in this election, but there's fraud in every election. Um, We got to clean our voter rolls. We should have voter ID. Uh, We should have paper ballots. And uh, if it takes us longer to count, it's okay. We'll be a better country for it. I don't think we should have mail-in ballots. I think there was fraud there. Was it enough fraud? To um, beat Trump, uh, I don't know. I I couldn't answer that question. Um, It feels like maybe, but I don't know. There's a lot of hate for Trump on the Republican side. Trump did not do well with suburban women. Um, He did not make amends with them or reach out to them. And so, you know, there's a good case to be made that suburban women did not vote for Trump in any mass numbers. I don't know what the numbers were, but even even though, you know, he had minorities voting more for him, um, he he did not carry the Republican base as well as he probably should have. Well, that's uh,
0: that codifying the cheating is where we've gotta stop him because that's okay. the if they just keep pushing that ball down the field, you know, then we're done for. So we're done. Uh, yeah, we're, we've got a big push underway on that front to, to get this mm-hmm. thing figured out. So yeah, we got, we got to, we got to turn that back and then we don't have to have these conversations about, well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it's just, we need to be more certain about it. So, uh, changing topics on you then. So the GameStop stuff, I love this, this, is, and I really want to get your <laughs> opinion on this. So, so, you know, do you see that as like that populist uprising against the elites? I mean, how do you, how do you gauge that
1: thing? There's so many different ways to read it. Um, you, that's one version is the populist uprising against the elites. Um, I think if you look at it, really, you had a hedge fund that got super cocky. Yeah. They were super short, more short than they should have been. Right. Um, what were they waiting for, the stock to go to zero? You know, um why not buy it back at five? I don't know where their net short was. You make money and, and you fight another day. I traded my own money for thirty years, you know, and I traded against hedge funds. So I have empathy for the Wall Street bets crowd. Um, we used to speak like that in the pit all the time now it's online it's public. The interesting thing about the Wall Street bets thing to me is that that guy that made the thirty or forty million published his trade in I want to say January of 2019 and the rationale behind it and executed on it and held it, uh, which is very difficult to do. So he held it through the initial COVID downturn and everything. And then in August of 2019, another guy came out and talked about how to do a short squeeze and all this stuff. So it was there. Mm -hmm. um, And these guys got caught with their pants down. And um, now what happened subsequently? Subsequent to that, you know, you, you have the populist uprising and stuff, but you've always sort of had that. I think Wall Street, um, the rules are structured as such that they always have the advantage over the retail investor. So you have dark pools, you have, you know, all kinds of, of things. Even before technology, the specialist system advantage a specialist, you know, yeah. um, and markets were slower. And we can have a conversation about, do they need to trade in milliseconds and microseconds and stuff like that, or should they be slowed down? Um, We can have a conversation about Central Limit Order Book. I think the place the controversy and sort of conspiracy theories came out with GameStop is GameStop was going against Melvin Hedge Fund. Citadel bailed out Melvin Hedge Fund along with Point72, which is Stevie Cohen's um, family office, former hedge fund. Citadel is the bigger, biggest customer of Robinhood. They buy 60% or more of their order flow, trade against it for a profit, risk-free. And most of the people on Wall Street bets were Robinhood customers. So you can weave a conspiracy theory around that. Mm-hmm. That being said, Robinhood doesn't set the margins. The DTCC does, the OCC does, and on the future side, the futures exchanges do and you have to have margins because it 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 provides a measure of safety into the market and so when you have more volatility you increase margin you increase the cash now um should you be able to short more than 100 percent of the flow to the stock no i don't think so and i think that cryptocurrency and tokenization of stock could have something to do with it the fact that on the sec side of the equation You have T plus two clearing, which used to be T plus three, that screws things up. Why can't they clear same day like the futures guys? Uh, We cleared twice a day at the Merck um, for NASDAQ at the height of the whole bubble from 98 to 2001. Um, And so there's things that that happen that people don't like, but that's part of playing in the system. Um, And today I think GameStop's down Another hundred bucks. It looks like to me the short squeeze is over, but you know, I could be wrong. Markets are, are rational longer than you can be solvent. Um, and, and you know, if you look at silver, they came out and said, We're going to squeeze SLV. Well, pretty hard to squeeze a commodity. And the first thing that the Merck did was they raised margins 18%. And then I saw a thing where Rosenthal raised them for their customers uh, significantly more than that. And silver's down today. So Um, Much harder to squeeze a commodity than a stock. So I think it's an interesting thing. I think it's here to stay. Um, Another sort of more technical aspect of this whole thing is in the 1987 crash, what you saw post-crash was uh, a little more premium in the puts because people were afraid of a crash. Uh, I think with short squeezes and the potential of short squeezes, you're going to see a little more premium on the call side of the equation and um so you'll have a little more premium on the put in the call but the interesting thing that um could happen with that is when you want to hedge if you own a stock and you want to hedge and put what's called a collar on which is a highly technical position but a lot of people do them through brokers um and sophisticated wealth managers it's going to be cheaper for people to do that so so that's a an interesting um after effect and who knows i i think you know none of the people on the house financial services committee really understand markets that I can tell I yeah, didn't do. Back to
0: what we said it, a while ago.
1: Super, yeah, <laughs> super big due diligence. Yeah. I know on the house on the Senate banking committee, Jack Reed is was a guy I knew. He's a Senator Democrat from Rhode Island. He understands markets. Um, but, and I think Mark Warner does uh, being a CEO. I think John Kennedy from Louisiana does from being a treasurer of the state of Louisiana. But you know the rest of them; it's pretty hard uh, to make a case that they really under—they really get it. Um, yeah. If you talk to Terry Duffy, I think he spends fifty percent of his time in Washington D.C. at least, just talking to people about how markets work. Mm-hmm. And they just them. don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uphill battle. Uphill battle. It's very difficult. It's. Very difficult. Yeah, no, I, I
0: totally agree. There's going to be some serious changes coming out of this GameStop thing. And I appreciate you walking us through some of the more technical sides of that because that's really helpful. I think a lot of us see the bigger picture of the whole thing. Like, how does yeah. this work? And what's going to be the fallout here? Mm-hmm. So that's really helpful. I well, kind of think, too. To- oh, David
1: versus Elias story, right? You always yeah.
0: love David. Versus well, that's, that's uh, I was going to say, it's kind of, I'm like you, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and you know you've got seed capital groups and you take them and you like you said you've got the seven and six are doing great or whatever yeah and that's like people get that and that's the american way and off you go and create value right create value value. and so what happens and you see some of these guys that have more money than anybody can imagine sometimes and they're like betting on the demise of these things and i think people are just like wait a minute, I don't think that that's cool. And so they see an opportunity and it just piled on, you know? So it's it's an interesting psychological dynamic.
1: They got got way too cocky. You know, I'll be honest, though, shorting a market is creating value because it um, helps with price discovery, which is the most important thing. So if you think about um, your basic economics, right, you've got your supply and demand curves, what's the most important thing? The most important thing is a transparent price. And if you look at Milton Friedman's... um, video on YouTube that's fantastic. It's called iPencil. And he talks about a pencil and manufacturing and how the price system influences the mm-hmm. logging and everything right down to the manufacturer of that pencil because you can go into the drugstore and see a transparent price and buy it. Right. It's amazing how it all works. And, and people don't believe it. Yeah. They want to centrally plan that stuff. So Elizabeth Warren says, the stock's not trading for its fundamentals. And I'm like, well, tell me a stock that is. Right,
0: right. Well, you know, the other side of that, too, is we got full transparency with these guys at uh, Reddit, too. You know, they, yeah, fi- we they figured that out, right? So it's like, hey. like you said, people writing about it. And I saw on Zero Hedge, they're like, oh, we've been talking about this for 10 years. And the and then all of a sudden it's like, well, a lot more people knew about it now. That's real yeah. transparency, too. So, yeah, it's a That's it's right. an interesting no, time.
1: It, it's interesting it time. is. And, and like I say we used to do it in the pit all the time yeah. and we would gang up on hedge funds like yeah, you know, right. hedge fund was short and so we would gang up on them sure. and and it was a war it was a war yeah and you, you know hedge funds did the same thing to us they would have their little idea dinners in new york and they go we're going to pound this market down yeah. or um you know goldman sachs would do the goldman roll every uh, quarter in the agricultural products and and just crush people. So, I mean, it's not a new thing. It's not a new phenomena. I think the way it happened is new. It was on a very public forum yeah. and where anybody could do it. And yeah. you had people buying one share and 20 shares. And right. And so that's the difference, I think. Yeah, total change in the, dy- the dynamic on it going forward. Those guys have to think about it
0: completely differently.
1: Sure, but empowering the individual mm-hmm. investor is what it's all about. I that's mean, right. I, think, I think we should empower individuals to make their own decisions. Yeah, you know? big time, big time. Okay,
0: last question. So, sure. so what's it like? Uh, you're moving away. You're an Illinois guy. You moved away. Yep. So many years <laughs> you're home. And so what's it like? And then what's your... What's your take on the blue states? And you know, is it ever going to stop sliding downhill? So what what, Uh, what do you think about that?
1: So I am a full candor. I'm 58, I'll be 59 in May. Um, My wife and I have been planning to move out of Illinois the last four years because of what was going on in Illinois, uh, fiscally. Uh, We didn't, we were sick of the corruption. Yeah. Sick of the taxes, Um, and so we, made a decision to move to las vegas so i'm in las vegas right now Mm -hmm. um it is a it is a a blue state but probably more purplish um and um that's the reason we chose here i had to do with personal reasons over you know airport and stuff um i think that the the even if the democrats muscle through the repeal of salt let's say um and some of the things that Trump did which they allege are causing the migration the migration is not going to stop right um, people are leaving California in droves they're coming here they're going to Texas they're going to Oregon they're going to Idaho they're going to Washington people are leaving Chicago I I, I all my friends are leaving almost my entire family's gone um, my daughter is still there and I've got one in LA that uh, has a job at a startup called fit on app but Uh, And she married a guy that moved out there. Um, People are leaving New York. People are leaving New Jersey. That's not going to stop. People are leaving Massachusetts. Um, I think it's going to alter a lot of things. It'll be interesting to see how the states absorb those people. I think Glenn Reynolds at Instapundent has a welcome wagon project, which people are actively working on, to help people that move from those states understand why they're moving and remember why.
0: Right, Um, right.
1: Just to give you some sort of example, uh, I had a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment in Chicago um, next to Lincoln Park Zoo. It was a great neighborhood. Um, it was small; it was just a pied of tear there. I paid six thousand a year, roughly, in property taxes. My house here in Vegas, I pay seventy-five hundred. My apartment uh, in Chicago was eleven 1, hundred square feet. This is thirty-eight hundred square feet. I mean, it's just gigantically different. Yeah. The sales tax is eight and a quarter, which is where they nick you here. Um, at 10 and a quarter in Chicago, so, um, and it's 0% income tax. So, you know, I think people, because you can do so many things virtually now, and I think it's not the salt, it's COVID that it really woke people up. Yeah. So, you know, in, in, in the financial services industry, you're seeing people move out of New York, down to Miami, Tennessee, um, Texas, you see Schwab leaving California for Texas, Um, You see in the venture capital industry, it was always Silicon Valley and in San Mm -hmm. Francisco. Um, Capital is becoming more democratic and moving. And so VC funds and VCs are moving to Miami and Texas. Um, And you're seeing people get funded in Pittsburgh that couldn't get funded before because they can do it on a Zoom call. Uh, Just in our fund at Westloop Ventures, we funded a company in London called Valbin. Uh, we funded a company in Ireland called Pippet. Um We've got one in San Francisco, and we were supposed to be a Chicago-centric fund. We have two, three companies in Chicago only. So, um, it's it's capital's moving, and I think people are becoming more comfortable with it. And mm-hmm. I don't think we're going back. And yeah. so, yeah, uh, you know, if you're a consultant, you don't have to be in Chicago. You just need. I mean, why? What? What did Chicago have? It had a great airport. It was right. central. Blah blah blah. You can be in Dallas, you can be in Phoenix, mm-hmm. you can be in Las Vegas, Nashville. And so um, yeah, when I you think, lose confidence in the
0: fact that they're going to keep things open. It's like, you know, the museums, well, all the fun stuff. If it's closed most of the time, then
1: what's the point of hanging around? But even, more than, that, even yeah. more than that, even more than that. How about schooling? So now I have a, I I don't I mean, I don't but let's say I'm a guy and a, a wife and we both work. And we're in our 30s or 40s. And our kids are in school. And the teacher's union shuts us out. Yeah. So what, what technology has been able to do is create pods so you can homeschool a lot easier than you could 10 years ago. So now I can move to Texas mm-hmm. or I can move to wherever I want, yeah. wherever I want. Yeah. I can start a pod with my neighbors and do it using technology and get a better education than in the public government-run school system. And so what we're going to see, I think, what I think was going to happen is government-run schools are going to be for the very poor. And if you go to a government-run school, you're going to get a shh. I can't say that. <laughs> we'd, we'd censor it out. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, Rahm Emanuel, yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, yeah. I'm oh, way I more I There's hear. a treaty for, and I apologize. But, but I think, <laughs> I, think uh, I was in the army, uh, man. That's right. Oh, OK. Well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah. so, uh, so, I mean, I think that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be like, like, Medicaid, right? Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And and so the private school option and the homeschool option could be powerful and the people that can go there and the cost of it is going to go down because as technology comes in, services become commoditized and um, it's going to reach more and more people. And that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I I want you to make sure that you talk in your blog too about this concept of something I'm trying to do is i live outside of chicago as well but i'm spending a significant amount of more time in red states and when i run into a liberal that just moved from a blue state to a red state and starts to tell me how great it was from where they came i'm like wait a minute you came here for a reason don't yeah. bring your stuff down here and don't start talking no. your liberal stuff and ruin yeah. this red state. And I think right. us conservatives, we know that's happening, but this is step one. I think for conservatives, we have got to start standing up for our beliefs with the people around mm-hmm. us and tell them to shut up and sit down or move back to New York where they would hate right.
1: it. You know, so. I, mean, I mean, and it's, it's funny. I never ever thought of that in terms of that. Um, I was at a wedding uh, a number of years ago in New Mexico and the person there was from Rhode Island. They were very, very left-wing liberal, and they said, you know, I normally don't come to red states and patronize them with my money. And I said, well, you can feel safe. It's New Mexico. It's been kind of blue forever. And he goes, (laughs) oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, I don't feel so bad. And, you know, I said, I never traveled that way. Um, For me, I was trying to raise money for our fund, and a guy did this due diligence on my track record, looked at everything, said, this is great. I want to do this, blah, 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 blah. And then he found out it was Republican, and he pulled out. And um, that was the first time I really encountered that. Sure. And um, and so I think you know I hate being biased that way, but you probably have to start to think that way. Mm-hmm. Where okay, is this a conservative business? Should I patronize it? Yeah. Um, yes, I want to patronize it. And um, and it, you know it's funny because like we're rehabbing our house here in Vegas, and people it people talk in code and um you know do you own guns yeah we own guns oh okay and then all of a sudden everything gets a little freer yeah Um, right right. and so you go to church you go to church you go (laughs) know and yeah and so Uh, um i know it's it's there's code but i think you're right we do have to stand up for things yeah um and i think the more we stand up the more belligerent the other side is gonna get. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna have Maxine Waters that say get in their face and stuff, yeah, and you sure, gotta be sure. ready to handle that. And Better not a lot of people are, cause you know, we wanna live in a civil society and just kind of mm-hmm. mind our own business. And you know, one of the great things that about Chicago that I really miss is, you know, the food scene there is so good. And I love the people, I, you know, I love Chicagoans. Um, the city's beautiful too, but I, I just, you know, I grew up there and I, I just love Chicagoans um because they're just nice people and you get you are what you get and and it's 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 really a great little town but the politics are ruining it and i i don't Mm -hmm. see i don't see how they get out of the spiral
0: yeah i don't either right now but uh but you know you're standing up we're standing up i appreciate all you're doing on the blog and uh love the stuff and would love to have you back on at some
1: point uh in the future because like
0: like you said you just get the camera out and away you go so yeah i know it's amazing
1: (laughs) I mean, while we were sitting here, a guy that uh, I'm invested in is like, can you talk at five? And it's like, yeah, sure. You know, before maybe we had to meet in person or it was right. just a phone call or whatever. Right. New world. It's, different. New it's world. a totally new world and yeah. and, and it's going to get better. Um, You know, te- technology marches forward and people are very, they get afraid of it because it, it takes away a lot of jobs, right? Um. But it creates jobs and opportunities that you never saw, and you just have to look at things different. Um, when the dishwasher was invented, it took away jobs too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, more technology is is, is always going to be better as long as as long as it's open and free. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Things are always changing. We just got to keep fighting for our principles, and you're doing you a great job. So, hey, got thanks it. for coming on today. Look forward to having Thank you back. Thank
1: you. I really appreciate it. Okay. Have a have good one.
0: Well, all right, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget, working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash firstright or text firstright to 1-312-820-9167.